Hello and welcome to the very first episode of The Bucket List, the podcast that helps you add to your bucket list and get over your fear of heights. My name is Sam Geiger, and today we are going to talk about one of the most stereotypical bucket list items, skydiving. The first person to ever parachute was André-Jacques Garnerin in 1797, almost 1,000 meters above Paris. Garnerin jumped out of a hot air balloon with a canvas parachute in his hand. His parachute bore little resemblance to today's chutes, as it wasn't packed into a bag and did not feature a ripcord. Instead, the young balloonist essentially jumped from his balloon with a rather flimsy 23-foot umbrella towing behind him. Surprisingly, he landed in Monceau Park fully uninjured. From here, the history of skydiving was not a particularly voluntary one. It won't surprise you to learn that the sport of skydiving didn't really begin as a sport at all. The first parachuters were those unfortunate enough to have to exit their military planes in a timely manner. In 1919, Leslie Irving invented the manual ripcord parachute and took part in the first intentional freefall jump. Before Irving, falling from great heights with a parachute was seen as a last resort, a saving grace from turning into a pancake. Now it was about something different. Now it was about the fall. Skydiving moved quickly from there. Now that people could enjoy barreling towards the ground for a while before they had to deploy their parachutes, people flocked to it. Humans have always been drawn to what is possible. The first recorded skydiving competition was in the 1930s, and 20 years later, in 1952, it officially became a sport. Since the early days, skydiving has become much, much safer. In addition to the main parachute, almost every jumper these days has a backup, for most jumpers, the backup chute has an automatic activation device that automatically deploys the parachute at a certain altitude. This means, as a beginner, even if the guide that's strapped to you were to fall unconscious, the AAD would still have your back, literally. In 2012, only 19 people died in the United States due to parachute-related accidents. According to the U.S. Parachute Association, in every 1,000 jumps, there is around a 0.006% chance of a fatality. From a statistics perspective, you are much, much safer skydiving than you are driving a car. Still, I'll admit there's something about it that feels more dangerous. Personally, I got to go skydiving two years ago. It was a cool November morning when me and my friends got off an overnight bus we had taken to Switzerland. I was studying abroad at the time, and, although Switzerland is amazing, it tends not to be too kind on one's wallet. As a result, our journey was a rather cramped 12-hour bus to Zurich, from which we had 15 minutes to transfer to a train to Interlaken, after which we were picked up by the skydiving van and bussed off to the so-called drop zone. Upon arriving, you don't feel the severity of what you're about to do. It doesn't feel real when you lay flat on your stomach and practice the falling motion, it doesn't feel real when you zip up your jumper-issued jumpsuit, and it doesn't feel real when you step into the harness. There was a group of 15 of us jumping that day. We would jump from a small metal plane with a rickety sliding door. Five people could go up at a time, so we were divided into three plane groups. Plane one went up, and we watched all five people, along with the guides strapped to their back, float down one by one in their parachutes. Plane two went up, and we watched our new friends following suit. Each person who came down said it was amazing. Their faces were red from the cold Swiss air hitting them at free-fall speeds, but they couldn't tell. Every single one of them was overwhelmed and smiling. When the plane landed for the second time, though, the pilot came out. Something was wrong. 
Me and the other four members of Plane 3 watched in fear as the pilot walked over to the coordinators and shook his head. There was an ice storm forming in the sky above us. They were going to wait half an hour and see if it passed. You need to understand, we came all the way to Switzerland for this moment. I had experienced weather anxiety before. I'd had trips where I was really, really hoping for sun. I'd had barbecues that would have had to be canceled in the event of rain. But we'd spent a month planning and hours traveling on a tight schedule just for this. There was no rescheduling. This was it. After half an hour dragged by, we were told that it wasn't looking good. I tell you all this not to regale you with my study abroad story, but to emphasize that I didn't really understand the severity of what we were doing until I looked off the edge of an open plane and saw my friend Kara blip through a cloud. Up until that point, the point that came after us informing the skydiving company that we were going, ice storm or not, I was significantly more scared of having to stay in the plane than jumping out of it. That was, of course, until I arrived at the edge. You know when you're a kid and you break a rule for the first time? It can be your teacher's rule or your parents' rule, but you get a little jolt of excitement. As soon as you pass that threshold, you feel a certain energizing uncomfortability, knowing that you're currently doing something you shouldn't be. That's the feeling that I had, legs dangling over the side of a plane, looking down over the clouds below me. People were never supposed to do this. We weren't designed for these heights, we weren't designed to fly, and we certainly weren't designed to fall. As I finally let myself tilt forward and gave myself to the sky, I felt like I was breaking the rule of being human. It's true that it doesn't feel like falling. It feels like flying. I could tell you about the beautiful view of the mountains that were around me, or I could tell you what it felt like to fall through a cloud, but if I'm being honest, I only remember those things in hindsight. In the moment, all I could feel was that sublime fear that we feel when we're on the outer edges of our lives, the fear that makes us feel present and alive. There's a reason skydiving is cliche. We don't do it for the pictures, we don't do it for the view, we do it because we shouldn't, but we can. I don't know if the human desire to do what's possible will be our triumph or our downfall, but while we're here, alive, there's a certain gleeful euphoria that comes with breaking the rules. You should go skydiving, especially if it's out of your comfort zone, especially if you're scared. Not because you need to, but because you're human, and you can. This podcast is not about my bucket list, it's about yours all the things that you want to do in your life. Putting it down on that list makes it possible. If you're on the fence about putting this cliche on your bucket list, my advice is to take the leap. I promise that it'll be worth it. Thank you very much for listening to the very first episode of The Bucket List. This time I talked about something I've crossed off. Next time we'll be discussing something I haven't. If you haven't started your bucket list, there is no better time than right now. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.